All right. So, got a question for you. All right. How would this world change if you woke up tomorrow? And I know we have time zones. So, as the time zones become the next day, this would happen as it went on. So, you'd probably get news of it because it would have happened in Australia already and that it's coming to, it might be coming to America. So, that all of a sudden, whatever weight advantage and strength advantage you have over, let's just make it specific, your woman or women that you know, on average, they now have over you from, from tomorrow on. How would that change the dynamics in this world? Oh, so... Oh, so meaning, meaning women would be overnight, women would be the stronger set, physically stronger sex, bigger, stronger, faster in the exact same way we are. We'd be like hyenas oh. at that point, you know, because the, right. the female hyena not only is bigger, stronger, faster, she also has a fake dick to let the males know that, hey, <laughs> I'm in charge. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they can mount them and yeah, and let them know what's what's going on. So, aside from that, that won't happen. But I mean, how would how do you think that would change the world? Oh my god, dude! I is crazy. If that were to happen, I uh, oh man, I don't honestly, I don't think I'd have that big of an issue with it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Because I don't, you know, I don't lure that over women. <laughs> you know, I was raised by all women and nothing but sisters and i have a daughter mm -hmm. so that i don't have i don't know, i don't have insecurities that way mm -hmm. but i can't imagine especially powerful men and mm -hmm. i'm not and i'm not just white men just men period mm -hmm. just powerful men would not i bet you they would be like inside a year they'd have some kind of vaccine or some kind of drug <laughs> to make them super strong so they could overtake women or they try to do something to kill women off you know they would it, it would be all out there's in the world women outnumber men was it two to one almost yeah it's like two to one yeah they, they could be running shit if they could just get along if they could just get on the same page yeah if they yeah, could get they along could... they could run they'd, they'd, be, they'd be running the world without any problems at all now mm -hmm. it, Huh. So you think men would just be loading up with the growth hormones and the steroids and whatever? One hundred percent. There's too many. There's too many men that haven't you know, that would have a complex. Just think about all the men you know now mm -hmm. that have a complex with other men. Yeah. Now turn that, turn it up to you know change that by having uh, that be against women and there's more of them and they're running the world. And you're yeah. still, and it would be chaos. Could you imagine though, seeing that woman who's been who gets beat daily by her man, and that dude wakes up in the morning in a bad mood and tries to slap her, and she grabs his hand and she goes, "Oh," and he goes, "Uh oh," or <laughs> the, the ass kickings that would take place that day around the world. <laughs> you know, I'm so uh -oh. much bigger than most women I know, or take like their wrists with one hand, both their wrists with one hand, and yeah. like. Just put a vice grip on them and like your human handcuffs. Yeah, like now settle down now, little young lady. Settle down. <laughs> or just ragdoll them. 
Oh my god, I would have an issue with it. I'm I'm pretty secure of myself, and I treat people pretty. I think people pretty good, pretty decent. You know, I have a hair trigger, as you know, but uh, <laughs> the older I get, the less it it pops out. But it's well. not. It's not. Oh, it's 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 verbal. It's never violent. Okay, because it came out pretty quick this morning when I heard you call. Well, you were just fucking. <laughs> I hate stupidity, especially from people that I know aren't stupid. I and know, and it's that, so great. That bugs me to no end. I don't know what it is. If I know this person isn't dumb, but they're doing something or saying something incredibly stupid, even if I don't know them, I have to call it out. It's like an impulse. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, and that's what it, like with with like with Heather. Like if you know when we were together, if she would say or do something dumb, it's like what the fuck is going on with you? You know, it's like you you have degrees, not a degree, degrees. Oh yeah, I you're very done. smart, but yeah. why are you saying this incredibly stupid shit? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Seems funny, but it, wouldn't that be interesting? Let me imagine the Proud Boys. Oh how my bad, god! How, how bad? They, I mean, I think it, I think what it, the way you talk about it, I think it, it makes me think a little deeper. I think there'd be a lot more. I think it'd be a lot of murders. One hundred percent. I think there would be a lot, a lot of dead women. Oh yeah. Over the course of that first week or two, there'd be a lot of dudes who just could not handle it. I mean, you imagine you're trying to ragdoll your girl, and she just looks at you like, "Oh, you can't do that shit no more, huh?" And she busts him right in his mouth, and down he goes. Oh God! You know he's on the ground crying like she used to be, and he's kiss, and she's just stomping on him. I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine dudes handling that that well. I never, I didn't think about it from that standpoint. I really didn't. Oh man, I was just, I uh, the way I saw it, it was just replace. Uh, just imagine how bad things would be, or at least how, how disgruntled a lot of just white men I'm just doing this on race alone just to mm -hmm. put it in perspective just imagine how certain white men would feel if all if all black men if all black people ran the world like if we were the dominant force globally oh. imagine the pushback I had now, I had that I, real quick I had that dream once where I was able to shift positions, not change history at all, but just change positions where every black person became white and every white person became black. But I was allowed to keep certain people black and certain people white just to see how they would react. Like, like Tucker Carlson would stay white. Mm. Uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Candace Owen would stay black. And I would love and I would and I watched how they. Were, I, one of them, who killed themselves? I think Bill O'Reilly shot himself in the head. He just couldn't deal with it. You know, that that that, that all the presidents <laughs> were black and white people were slaves and all that. He just couldn't handle it. He blew his brains out. Um, once he realized this was this was the true real life and how it was going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was it was an interesting dream. And I, I I wanted to construct a story around it. I just couldn't figure out how to do it because I think it would be a very interesting take on. On, on our on our psyche, like you said, you know, I mean, the pushback would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be immense. But you'd have to leave certain ones of them the same way, so you could get that other other timeline, other dimensional view. And could you imagine Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, who were who are the majority now, could say whatever the fuck they want to say, and all of a sudden now they can't, and yeah. now they're driving down the street, driving while white. 
and they get pulled over by a bunch of black cops. Hannity reaches to show his gun like he always does, and he just gets the snot beat out of him. And some big black cop puts his knee in his neck and just holds him there for eight minutes, 45 seconds. And, and, and I mean, it would just be, it would be fantastic to watch, you know, and how the white people love, uh, you know, president, whoever it may be, who's the first white president this country's ever had. You know, his 60th birthday party, all the white celebs are having barbecues at his house and the black people are complaining about it. All. I mean, it would be it would be fantastic to watch. <laughs> we wouldn't have Karens. We would have like uh, we have Shaquita's, uh, Shaquita's, you know, yeah, or whatever. No, no it'd be like uh, Karens. If a white woman is Karen, so I guess black women, it'd be like uh, uh, Michelle's or or. Yeah. Uh, or uh, I guess you have to go to stereotypical names. So yeah, it'd be like a Jasquita. Yeah, so a, I just yeah, that's just a stereotypical. Or, or a Talitha. Mm-hmm. Although every Talitha I know is white, which is funny. In fact, and yeah. everyone I know is black. <laughs> I I know two Juanitas. One's Jewish. One's white. <laughs> and I know Juanita, and she's as black as you can get, and she's like my third cousin removed, or something like that. Juanita Holmes. She lives down the street from my grandmother. That's, yeah, a, I, I, that's a black as shit name. Yeah. Juanita Holmes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the Talitha, Talitha McKenzie. Um, known her since I was yeah, 13 years old. Uh, I used to run track for her father. And she's as oh. black as they can be. Oh, McKenzie. Talitha McKenzie. Oh, oh, yeah. I know Talitha. Uh, wow. Her- her the best Earth, fr- the world has shrunk again. God well, her best it. friend, yeah, this is how small the world is. Her best friend is a friend of mine because I'm friends with her husband, and Heather taught her friends. Oh my god, you're right. Two daughters. You're right. You're absolutely right. I remember Heather Tumble asking me one day, Do you know a Talitha McKenzie? I remember that. Yeah. She asked me, she said, Do you know a Talitha McKenzie? I was like, Yeah, a little short, real big titties. Yeah, I know her. She's she's she is the she encompassed she is shaped just like May like May West like a modern day May West yeah she is like hourglass man she is she's stacked on stacked you want to you want to hear a story I haven't told since ever about well, her I, well it's it's out there so, I mean well she'll remember I hope we went to Track City uh, when I was fifteen years old. Um, and this was at the same time. You remember Bam Bam Bigelow when he came out from uh, uh, as a pro wrestler in the WWF, and they showed his uh, his his stingers and he's coming and all that. Uh, we were there for his first um, his debut. First, first, yeah, his debut, first match. Yeah, we were watching that. Uh, all of us, we were like, "Oh my God, who's that big white boy? It's gonna be so cool!" You know, we some of us still thought wrestling was real, some of us didn't. You know, so we argued about that, whatever. Uh-huh. And Talitha and I were getting a little too close for 15 year olds should be you know right. and we were laid up and it was so fun it's so funny nowadays because i understand leon's anger now at the time i didn't leon he, her husband her dad her no her dad oh, her dad her dad yeah he was the coach down there and he was pretty much in charge of all of us so we're laying in the bed and we're we're watching the show and she's like snuggled up on me he comes into the room what the fuck is going on here? I was like, nothing, Mr. McKenzie. We're just laying here watching TV. Well, you can't be laying next to my daughter like that. And you know what I said? What? Without skipping a beat, I swear on my grandfather and Leroy's friendship. 
I said, Mr. McKenzie, it's just me. You ain't got nothing to worry about. And he went, he went, what did you say? <laughs> it's just me. What do you got to worry about? And I thought he was going to go, oh, if you have to fuck my daughter, that's okay if it's you. Oh, I my God. I expected him to say that to me. He got, ang- he got angry. <laughs> yeah, I, rules. Oh, it was so funny. As now. a father of a daughter who is developing very early, yeah. and the boys are going to be, even though L, I think always is, I mean, this is no, yeah, they always is tips the other way, but uh, I would be. I don't know. I, I know you I would a lot more li- than I do, but I don't know. I, 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 I would I, be livid. I know you would. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be fired as a coach because I would have choked a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> it's just me, Mr. Parson. Yeah, I'm, I'm beating you and your parents. <laughs> it was so arrogant of me. And I actually thought he – he and I was dead serious. I wasn't, like, trying to be an asshole. I think that's why he didn't put his hands on me. I think he went, I think he's serious. This boy is dumb enough to think that's okay. That's yeah, enough. That's exactly, enough. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he just went, Marcel – get out of the bed go to your room and i was like all right i guess and i <laughs> i i didn't understand why he was so angry at me you know i couldn't oh my God. wrap my head around him like dude i'm not one of these bums over here it's like it's me man you know it's all right <laughs> it's like no marcel it's not okay now that i'm thinking about it, it's like no nigga it's not okay <laughs> you not understand you understand now it's kind of like i was that kid i remember when i was playing a basketball game uh in uh, freshman year, played on the freshman team. We were playing Jeff, and my friend was on the other team, and he kept tapping my elbow every time I shoot the ball, and he caused me to miss a few times. And after the second or third miss, I got really pissed, and I yelled at the ref, hey, man, he's hitting my elbow. And the ref was like, oh, no, he's not. I was like, yes, he is. I was like, I don't miss jump shots. I don't miss. And I was dead serious. And the ref looked at me like, what did you say? The hubris, man. Yeah. He looked at me and said, what did you say? I said, I don't miss. I said, he's hitting my elbow. I don't miss. And he's like, I'm going to ignore that and just keep playing, kid. I was going to call a flagrant foul because Marcel Brame never misses, everybody. (laughs) It was. And I look back on 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 those incidents. I'm like, what in the hell was, was going on in my head? I remember one game, I had like 30 points at halftime. I was on the way to like 60, 70 points, and I was like so happy. My coach at halftime said to me, he said, Marcel, I'm going to let you play the second half. But if you scored five more points, you're not going to play the rest of the game. I said, why not? First time a coach and last time a coach was ever directly honest with me. He said, because I don't want to hear your mouth all the way on the bus ride from here all the way back to Benson, okay? Because you will not shut up if, if you score 50 points. And I can't, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I just don't. I love you. So I love you, Marcel, but I don't want to hear it. I'm like, so you're not gonna let me score 50 today? No, 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 I'm not. Just, no, I'm not. <laughs> it must have been like such a lopsided team if you guys, if you were able to rack up that many points. Oh, well, we were playing Lincoln and they just couldn't handle us. And I was like cherry picking, I was cheating as often as I could. Uh you know, I, I, cherry picking is like when the shot goes up, you immediately start running to the to the offensive end of the court. Yeah, you don't even play it, defense. Yeah, you don't even play defense. I didn't yeah. know if you understood the term. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. You, yeah. So I was cherry picking. I cherry picked probably twenty of my points. You know, where they had no choice but to throw me the ball because I'm like under the basket already. Like, hey, I'm open. 
motherfucker. I, Here, take it, you score the basket. You know? I did. I didn't play basketball in high school, but I I did know what that was. Uh, it reminds me of a game we had when we were when we were in when I was in football in high school and we were playing a uh, R A Long, and it was the year we almost went state. So we were mm-hmm. just we were running through every team like paper, and uh, R A Long wasn't good on their best best day, and um was below average on their best day. So it got to a point we're at half halftime and our coach, coach Boggs, who's eh, who's RIP. He was, he was a great coach. Mm. He was one of those coaches that were like, would mentor you outside of football. Yeah. He died a few years ago. Right. I think. Yeah. He he died about eight years ago. Yeah. I remember you telling me when he died. He was was a really good coach, but um, he, uh, he at halftime, he's like, all right, guys, uh, this is pathetic. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't let I can't let our starters just run through these guys anymore. We were up like we were in thirty something to zero at halftime, and uh, they they were already you know walking back to locker rooms. They were already defeated and deflated. Mm-hmm. So he just like uh, so he let all the he let all us because I was a first stringer all the way through high school from beginning to end, and so he's like Parson, you can't play you can't play your position today. Do you want to run the ball? I was like, I've never run the ball. So we were, he mixed it all up. He let third stringers run the plays and all first stringers. Like I'm a, I was a defensive tackle and an offensive guard. And so I got to be a running back. <laughs> it just, they managed to score a couple of points. It was just pathetic. It was just bad. We were, we didn't know what we were doing. We're no one was in their regular positions. Just, we were just having fun. Mm-hmm. And let them get a few on the board, but it was still a blowout because once they got like, I think it was like eight points or not eight. What am I saying? Twelve points because they had a couple of kick returns, and so he's like, "All right, let's turn the heat back up." And then we beat him like forty-eight to, to forty-eight. I think it was forty-eight to eight, forty-eight <laughs> to seven, something crazy like that. Uh, that reminds me of uh, my basketball. We uh, in the sixth, seventh, eighth grade, Matt Dishon was just like notorious for crushing teams around the state just just demolishing teams and we were playing a league and the league almost kicked us out of the league uh, after one game we beat a school 120 to eight yeah there's, there's a rule now it wasn't they, thin yeah i know no, no there, there wasn't thin when yeah. we were when we were in school but there's a rule now they won't let you if there's a if there's a gap that big i think they like call the game or something yeah yeah you're they right. don't they, they, don't, they, they do they, they don't let you go do, just humiliate teams like that anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I remember the game. I remember as a kid thinking this is the greatest game we've ever had. You know, I had like 25. Somebody else had like 22 and somebody had 30. And it was easy. We were full court pressing. We were having a great time, not realizing that we were turning these other kids into fucking Columbine murderers. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They hated the jock so much. They wanted to just slaughter everybody. That's what we were turning them into. And so oh, you my just coach cut out. Hello. I'm, I'm here. You hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah. You cut out for a second. I don't know okay. what happened. My, like- my, my, my coach, uh, Booker T. Wells, Reverend Booker T. Oh, he, uh, yeah, Reverend Booker T. Wills. Five times, five times, five times, five times, Coach. That's a pretty, pretty much wrestling, <laughs> wrestling joke, folks. It's not for everybody. About three, about three people got that joke. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he had to go to a meeting, and he came back and he said, "Well, guys, we're gonna have to change the way we play in our next game." I was like, "What is that supposed to mean?" You know, I'm the mouthy one. I'm like, "What's that supposed to mean?" 
He said, well, Marcel, I'm about to tell you. If you shut the hell up, well, fine, just go ahead and talk, sir. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, in our next game, we're going to have to play half-court defense. We're going to have to sit in a 2-3 zone with our hands over our heads, and we can't challenge any shots. We can't play any on-ball defense. We can only rebound the ball if it falls into our hands on the defensive end. Offensively, we can run and score all we want, but defensively, we have to let them shoot. Wow. This is some bullshit, but we did it. You know what the final score of the game was? It was like 130 to like 28. We still destroyed them. God, those guys are just crying on their way home. Oh, they were. It was awful. The parents (laughs) were so angry. They were hollering and cussing. And I'm so stupid in my own little world because, you know, I had a bunch of nice layups. I was hitting my jump shot. It was feeling good that game. I didn't notice the commotion that was happening about how angry these parents were getting. And I'm like, well, and I I kept thinking, my dad said something to me after the game, and my first instinct was, well, if they can't play, why are they doing this? They should go somewhere and practice for a little bit. Oh, what a what an arrogant dick! <laughs> I, exactly, and I, 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 and my dad was like, "Well, it doesn't work that way, son." I was like, "Well, why doesn't it? If I get if I get beat down by somebody at school in basketball, I go practice and then come back and play them again. I don't go some. I don't go and cry and, and, and want rules changed. I'm in like the sixth or seventh grade saying this shit. My dad's like, "Well, you're not like these people, okay?" And now that I think about it, those are the people that are running the world now. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are the people that are running the fucking world right now are the ones that I beat by over 100 points in basketball and had the attitudes. Those are the ones that are running the world right now because they should have taken their ass whooping like, a, like, 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 like little men or little people and just gotten better. Just get, just get good, man. Just Don't get- be mad. <laughs> and seriously, just get good. <laughs> Don't be mad at me. It would be like this. If I'm an amateur actor and I have the privilege to be on set with Robert De Niro and Denzel Washington at the same time, and I look at the dailies and I'm just getting crushed by these guys because I would be, what am I going to do? Go to the director and cry? Or am I going to go, fuck, I need to get a coach and I need to I need to dig in and practice harder. I need to get this shit figured out. Which road am I supposed to go down? Am I going to bitch and moan? And try to get the rules changed, or am I gonna try to get better? I'm gonna try to get better. That's what I thought they should have done. But no, they wanted us to get worse. <laughs> like, we're good enough. You guys are just too good. That that doesn't make any sense. You can't be too good. You just you can't be. Well, since we're in sports, this is very uncharacteristic. If anyone's first time listening, I usually have a uh embargo on sports talk because it's just not very uh, most most people of our ilk meeting uh, nerds and geeks aren't sports people but since we're in the realm of sports uh this falls into what i was watching oh Uh, did you did you watch now untold is a series on netflix where it's kind of like uh 30 for 30 on all kinds of things uh, not just sports, but a lot of sports stuff pops up. And last uh, yesterday, I watched uh, Netflix's Untold Malice at the Palace. Oh no, no, and I didn't see that. It, it's it's pretty and pretty fucking interesting for people who don't know. Um, geez, uh, God, two thousand four, 
um, there was a game between Indiana Pacers versus um, – this is basketball. Indiana Pacers versus um, – Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons. And uh, a fight on the court broke out between two players on opposite teams, mm-hmm. uh, particularly uh, Artest. Or it, was Meta- Ar- it was Ron Artest, Ron a.k.a. Artest. Meta World Peace. And, and Ben Wallace. And Ben Wallace. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got into no one, you know, usually when you're dealing with pro athletes and they get into fights, it's usually a lot of pushing and shoving because no one wants to get sued or right. fined. So it's a lot of pushing and yelling and, mm-hmm. and breaking up. And then someone in the crowd throws a, a full, like a 32 ounce drink and mm-hmm. hits Ron Artest in the chest. He runs up into the stands and now you have, and more players run up. So <laughs> now you have like players on both sides fighting uh, fans in the stands. <laughs> now, now you forgot the most important part. The most important part of that. Ron Artest Chase down and grab the wrong guy. Well, here's the thing. This you uh, the, you got to watch this. I strongly suggest it's only like an hour and some change. I'm looking at it right now on Google. I'm going to watch it as soon as we get done. Yeah, it was very interesting. The really focused on Ron Artest and uh, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, and uh, uh, Jermaine O'Neal at the time was only 20. I forgot when he got drafted, he was seven. Yeah, I remember. Lasers. Because uh-huh. he got drafted into the Blazers where his career started. He got drafted right out of high school. Yep. And he was only – he was so when this went down, he was only 20 or 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Just a little kid. He yeah. Was a kid when that, when that happened. He wasn't even old enough to drink when it went and, down. Yeah. And, uh, and it mostly focused on how it destroyed his career – well, how it ended his career, really. I mean, he played for a few years afterwards, but not – you know, it was almost over after that. He played until like 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, his career took a shift after that incident. But it got into like him and Ron Artest. And it is so interesting. Even if you don't like basketball or mm-hmm. follow sports, but just the melee and then what was going on. Because Ron Artest was – what I liked about this is that everybody was very candid. I mean, you talked to Reggie Miller. They talked to – um um, Ben Wallace. Um, they talked to who's that other guy involved? The real thuggish guy. Um, uh, let's see, there was the oh, uh, you're probably talking about Stephen Jackson. Yes, I knew as soon as you said thuggish, I'm like, you're talking about Stephen Jackson. You gotta be that guy, man. Oh, he was it was crazy. He's yeah. like, he's but uh, he's like a guy you want in your corner. You need, guys oh, like absolutely, him. you want him in <laughs> you, your foxhole, man. Yeah, you, you need guys like him, mm-hmm. but um, he um. It focused on mostly on uh, Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest, and they were t- and and they talked about even them how the media just you know they really they were talking about all the thugs and, and yep. it's like and how they demonized the players even though yep. if the fans hadn't st- well the guy in the stands hadn't started it it would have never happened and it, yep. and they talked about how unruly fans are and how what do you expect is going to happen. When you fucking when you poke a bear, what do you think is gonna happen? I know. I and trust me, I know. I've been at games in the Coliseum with these fans. They say shit where I'm like, you would not say that to XYZ players' face if you saw them in in uh in in in, 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 in you know in, in Ruth Chris's uh restaurant. Yeah, you know, you would never talk to them like that. You only say that because you know that there are rules 
and we're in a civilized society, and there is a there's, there's a lot of space between you and him, and you just hope to God he thinks about his millions and millions of dollars, and yeah, run up here and just choke the shit out of you and beat you in front of your wife and kids. And and uh, it was funny though because they closed that space, but it got to a point to where. It was just, it was in, it, you watch it, it's super interesting and a little infuriating. Even Reggie, uh, Reggie Miller was like yelling at some of the cops because the, the security was nowhere to be found. And when the cops finally did, oh, come, I know, yeah, they were gone. They, they oh. were trying to, they were trying to arrest the players. And Reggie's like, you're not arresting anybody. You know, it was, it was fucking crazy. Yeah. But, I remember uh, when that happened, dude. It was amazing. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm just reminiscing because I remember the day exactly. My brother Antar called me at work. And said, dude, turn on the TV. There was a fight. I'm like, I've seen fights. What are you talking about? Not like this, you haven't. <laughs> so I turned all the TVs at Radio Shack onto the on the ESP and I went, Oh my God. They're in the stands. They're all they're all in this. Oh my God. They're hit, the fans are fighting. This is insane. I was just, I was like a little kid watching a wrestling match. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't. I, I never thought that it could get that bad, but then, I, but then I remembered hearing these people talk. I did at the time. I didn't realize that someone threw some some beer on on our test because he. There's one thing that everybody agreed on, even Colin Cowherd and a lot of these other white sports analysts. They all agreed. You hit me with some beer, I'm kicking your ass. Yeah, well, I'm I kicking your ass. Like oh, they talked to Jim Gray and they talked to like and all Fuck the announcers. Jim Gray, I hate that dude. So I much. I don't really hate him. He was he was like on the side of the players during this documentary. He was like, "What do you fucking think is going to happen if you right. do, even, <laughs> you get world class athletes testosterone through the roof yeah. and you're just and you're just giving them a hard time because you don't like the outcome of it?" But it was it was good. It was very good. I strongly recommend it. Untold Mouse of the Palace. Oh. Want to watch it? I'm oh, oh, it. um, and what they really got into is Ron Artest talked about how he was wasn't mentally stable. Yeah, like, he, he, wasn't. he was. I, he was yeah. like, I want to take time off. They wouldn't let me take time off, and uh, he's like, you know, at the time I had real mental issues, and I didn't, I just didn't know it yet. You know, he's like, because eh, now he's, he goes, this is, you know, over twenty, well, not over twenty years, like eighteen years ago. Yeah, almost no. twenty. It's almost twenty years ago. It's like it's seventeen years. Ago. Seventeen years ago, yeah. yeah. So like seventeen years ago, so he's like, you know, he's a different person now. He's like, yeah. I, I was not well. I was mentally not well. And he just didn't know how to deal with it. He didn't know how to, you know, identify what was going on because everybody that you know that he want, went to, they they had like uh he had like sessions with like the team, um. Uh, psychiatrist, but you know that psychiatrist is paid by the NBA. They want to keep you. They, they want to yeah. keep you playing. They don't, they don't. Your mental health. This will make sure you don't kill yourself or somebody. Yeah. They they want to keep you playing, not not really get you better. But it was it was just super interesting, and I strongly recommend it. Even if you're not a sport, even if you're not a sports fan, it was really it was a really good watch, and it made me I like I kind of forgot about Untold. So now I'm going to go through all the other Untold stories. Yeah. In the series. It's really like Netflix is 30 for 30. Here's here's my thing. I knew Ron Artest of Ron Artest in the seventh grade. We were at um we were in Colorado playing in this basketball tournament. And I remember the New York Riverside Church basketball team was there, and I had heard about their legendary teams. And I went and watched one of the games play. One of them, one of them, one of the games they were playing in. And it had this kid, Ron Artest, seventh grade now. And you know, well, you know what I'm gonna do. He was six foot four. 
like 200 pounds in the Jeez. seventh grade. He was a man. And I watched him play and I brought my team, my kids, my little kids <laughs> who were like in the ninth grade. I said, hey, take a look at the next NBA player. And they're like, who? That one. And I pointed to Ron Artest and they went, oh, crap, that's a kid. That's a seventh grader. They're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, that's seventh grade. And he played, only reason I bring it up, he played so angry. I mean, more than you would think, more than competitive, he was angry. And then as he got older, I followed him in Sports Illustrated and on whatever news I could get on Back East. You heard more and more about fights he was in. You heard more and more about the things he would do. And how much, and then found out how much weed he was smoking just to calm himself down. How at when he's at St. John's, how there were times where coach would say, All right, everybody huddle up, and Ron Artest would flip out and start kicking basketballs. Dude, I just said huddle up, and he just he goes insane. So he was mentally ill for a very long time. Mm-hmm. He had issues for a very long time, and that's why he that's why he drank a lot in high school and college, and that's why he smoked so much weed. You know, we know when something's wrong with us. A lot of times we'll self-medicate. My brother did that when he had it, when he first was going insane. He he self-medicated with alcohol. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing that kept him somewhat normal. And we didn't realize what was happening, obviously, not because we were lay people, but because I, I hate to say it, but because we're black. Yeah, black that, folks that, tend to just shun. It's usually, a, we've talked about this in the past, but yeah. it's a, it, it, typically, not not just generally. I'm generalizing right. here, right. but uh, we generally are kind of a walk it off. Don't be, don't yeah. be weak. Right. We got bigger problems to worry about than your your mental issues. Yeah. It's only only in the last ten years that black folks start to acknowledge that. Exactly. Yeah, we we go through these things too. Yeah, exactly. And it and and it was bad back then. You know, there were there were times where I thought I was going to lose my mind and. and if I had access, like there were a couple of times in high school, man, where I know if I had access to guns, there'd have been a bunch of dead people. Mm-hmm. And but I managed to rub dirt in it and suppress it, and I'm here today. You know, most of these people can't do that. They get to that point and they got to let it out. You yeah. know, but I think with me though, my fear of disappointing my parents and my family kept me from doing those things that I that I at the moment I felt like I needed to do. You know what I mean? It's right. like it's like it was really. They had Jerome Bettis said something. His father said to him when he was inducted to the Football Hall of Fame. He said, when he went off to Notre Dame, his father said to him, "Son, I don't have much to give you as far as money, or or education or anything like that. All I have to give you is a name, and the name is clean. The name has no record. It's a good name. Don't fuck it up." And that's how I felt. Right. You know, they gave me this great name. Don't fuck it up. And there were times where it's like, man, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill at least these three people today. Three, you're going to die today. Just let me find so-and-so because I know he's got a gun and I can finish this off. And I'm like, no, I don't want to make mom angry for my, for my grandma. So I'll, I'll let us let us slide. Well, you know, I've talked to I've talked to you about this before off air, but I think my mom, you know, before she passed away, I really believe, I strongly believe, she was, uh, and I've talked to my other sister about it, and she kind of agrees. Uh, but I think my mom was, you know, uh, undiagnosed bipolar. 
mm-hmm. because she, we'd have these, you know, days, sometimes even a week or two of just a loving mother. And then on a dime, we'd yep. have, you know, the exact opposite. Someone yep. actually cruel and mean and nasty and hard. And it was, and you didn't know when it was going to happen. So you're always, you know, it, you, sometimes it happened. Sometimes you get a week of no issues or maybe you'll get a week of just the meanest person. <laughs> you, you're like, how is this person calling herself my mother when she treats me like a stranger? So I, I, it just sounds, you know, it, it, but she was from the age of, you know, I got kids and I'm yeah. raising them by myself. And uh, that's that's weak shit. I don't you know, I'll just, you know, I walk it off. Yep. You walk know. it off. Put some dirt in it. <laughs> just suck it up. Don't kill your coworkers and just try to get through the day. Yeah. And I and I've been down. We've all been down that road. Where it's like, all right, I'm just gonna get through today. I'm not gonna slap Susie in her mouth. I'm not gonna rip Rob's throat out. I'm just gonna make it through the day. I'll be home soon. It's almost over. You mm-hmm. know. And it's like those aren't thoughts you're supposed to have at work. <laughs> it's just it's just not. And we but we've all had them where it's like. You need someone. I honestly believe workplaces would better serve if they all had a place, someone on site that you could talk to. Man, I'm going to kill Rob if he doesn't do because sometimes just airing it out will make you feel better. And you could tolerate Rob, even a fictitious Rob. You can just uh-huh. tolerate him for the rest of that day and maybe the next day before you have to go see the person again. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have that. We all had that Rob, that dude that just. He just wanted to just because they either wasn't working, they'd come in late, or they just talk your ear off and bother you. You know, we all had that guy. And sometimes I admit I was that guy. There were a couple jobs where I was robbed because I hated my job and I was going to make sure everybody else was miserable. Yeah, I was that guy. Yeah, a couple of my jobs. I got out uh-huh. pretty quickly, but I was that guy. Anyway, I, and you know, the funny thing is, I'm usually real good at reading people, but I didn't meet your mother enough to be able to truly read her. I know yeah. I noticed that your mother seemed to like me. And yeah, I, seems, I, yeah. I never yeah. understood why, but I could tell she actually likes me. That she's not like I don't know. It's like with my aunt. It's like I guess crazy likes me. My aunt is is is, is bipolar schizophrenic. She just says that she loves me to death. She hates everybody in the family besides myself and Stephanie by default because she's my wife. But she loves me. I can do no wrong in her eyes. Well, it, it, the way my mother operated, it was um, if we were, if I, if whoever her children were friends with and they were around enough, she was like, okay, they must be okay because they're okay with them. And, mm. and, and yeah, but if you give her, I am, and I shit you not, if you give her one reason, no matter how small it may be to you, that's it forever. She will, let's say you say something she that was a little tinge off color that she didn't like. Now you're in a category where she doesn't like you. And and it never changes. Never. I really wanted to find out if I could, how, how far I could go. I wanted to like, I wanted to get to the point where I knew her well enough to like maybe mess her hair up. Again, that would not have been cool. That would not have, it wouldn't I have know. ended well. There would I'm, I'm telling you, there would have never been a, there would have in in your entire life, there would have never been uh, a time where she would have been cool with it, ever. Yeah. She wouldn't she wouldn't be cool with it if one of us did it. So there's no way, uh, you know, a friend of ours or anyone, there's no way. 
I agree. I, you, it's your mother. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to debate or argue. It's your mom, well, you know well, better. But Heather, I'm just Heather. saying, I really wanted to just see how far her liking me would go. I just did. It's like it's that child in me. It's like, I just, I got to see how far I can push this. And then you, hopefully I can stop. Before I cross the line and can't get back. Oh, uh, you know, if, if just to have an un, uh, someone is not as close to her as I was, uh, ask Heather how far that would go. <laughs> she tell you, Heather got to see the good and the bad. So, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it was pretty. So, all right, we're getting deep. We're already right. going too deep. So, I got one thing. Um, this might be a little bit of a shorter show because I have E with me and I got to get back to her. I got to make lunch before i send her back to her mom and um well, we gotta talk about what if we gotta talk about oh oh that's uh i want to talk about that tomorrow uh next week's show because i forgot it was um i forgot it debuted yesterday so i, I haven't even too. watched it i haven't even watched it but i did want to talk about so that will oh for next so for next week's show we will definitely talk about what if we will also talk about uh ryan reynolds new movie uh free guy because i'm seeing that tomorrow mm. And um, we can finally review um, Black Widow late, but I saw it last night. OK, we'll talk about that. I, I we, yeah, I did like a semi review of it, but we'll uh, we'll do a review of that. But before that, I want to talk about the, the big one, and that is Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad came out last Friday. The, mm -hmm. the Suicide Squad, the 2021 version, not the shitty 2016 version. Task Force uh, X. Task Force X. Um, I'm right out the gate. I'm just gonna say what I liked. Uh, I like. I really like this this Suicide Squad movie. I walked away from it really liking it. It is everything that the first one promised to be in the trailers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like. It is just. It just kind of goes to what James Gunn does. And there's something I didn't know. Excuse me, James Gunn you know, the director and writer of the, the Suicide Squad, he wanted, uh, he's, uh, you know, when he said, when DC asked him if he, you know, to do a Suicide Squad movie, uh, they told him who was available and they kind of gave him uh, whatever, you know, gave him car blanche to do everything he wanted. And he said, I want the kind of the crappiest, kind of most out, out there villains because I'm going to make them cool. And uh, and I think that's what he does. It's kind of what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he did. It's kind of what he did with um, um, uh, with that that movie he did. Um, not Slither, but um, oh, uh, Super. I mean, they weren't cool, but it, they made like these misfits somewhat like kind of cool. But that's just kind of what he does. Uh, so he wanted Polka Dot Man. He wanted Killer Croc. He wanted all these oddball characters, and he was just going to make it good. And I, I enjoyed the movie immensely. I really, I really enjoyed it because it was everything I wanted from a Suicide Squad movie that I did not get from the first one. From the you know, because this is a soft reboot, and uh, um, that's kind of why. Because slight spoiler. In the beginning, you saw Captain Boomerang, and that's kind of why he used, you know, because, oh, that's another thing this movie did. It made Amanda Waller a real piece of shit that she is in the That comics. she's supposed to be, yes! Ex exactly. Oh, or my even God, to the point, yes. Even to the point where her own staff is like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. That's exactly how she was in the comics. Her line, she that was, line she said, you don't know half of what I'll do. I'm like, yeah, you're right. We don't. But I, this, I'm on the outside. I'm on the fourth wall looking in. I know what you'll do. You're an awful yeah. person. You're you're as bad as, as any bad guys has ever been. Yeah. There's, no, there's no line she won't cross. None. The, the, this, is a, this is a character that stared down and gave Batman pause. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she she gave, so she gives zero fucks, and uh, and I and they wanted initially they wanted to uh, have uh, James. Yeah, you know, they told uh, they um, wanted uh, um, Will Smith back for because people kept thinking I was talking to someone. I said, "Oh, they recast recast uh, Bloodsport." It's like, no, they didn't. Uh, Deadshot was Will Smith. This is Bloodsport. They're very similar yeah. in the comics. Yeah. And they made their backstories a little more similar, but uh, they're two different people. There's right. dead sh- of the marksman characters. There's Bloodshot, uh, or there's Bloodsport, Deadshot. Um, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, there's a, there's like there's several DC marksman um, characters that are similar, but. Um, I is I thought Will Smith did a pretty okay job as Deadshot, but what my I mentioned this before at nauseum about the first Suicide Squad. I hated how none of them were bad. Really, they were all like villains by circumstance, not villains because they were villains that were mm-hmm. put into a position to where they had to do something good because it was something so fucked up. Even their conscience wouldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we got with this movie. That's not what we got in the first one. The first one, you know, they were, it was just, it was just dumb. And they were ill-equipped and, you know, they were ill-equipped for the villain they were fighting, but that was, you know, it just, I didn't like the setup at all. And you didn't really feel for the characters. They gave you, in the first movie, they gave you one scene. That's when they're all in the bar where there was a little bit of character development. You kind of got a little bit, everyone had like a moment of character development throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And then when it, so, you know, I, I knew who polka dot man was go, you know, in the comic from the comics. And I knew who, um, I knew who, um, King shark was, but I really didn't expect to give a shit about either character by the end of the movie. And I, I was like kind of bummed that the polka dot man didn't make it. I be too. <laughs> I was like, God that, damn. That was a right. I was like, I went, Oh, yeah, like, especially when he was finally a superhero, I was like, "Oh, yeah." He's like, "I'm fine. I'm a fucking superhero." And then, bam, dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt bad. I was like, "Oh no!" I was just—he was just exercising the demons of his mother, right? And I was like, "Oh, that's too bad." I was getting to like this guy. Here's the fucked up thing: I mistook through half that movie, and finally it dawned on me that they were two different people from two different universes. Uh, uh, the spot and polka dot man. I thought the polka dot man was spot. The spot. Oh, no, no. And then I realized, wait, one spot is Marvel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, duh. And then two, he's Spider Man's guy. Uh, and because I thought that polka dot man was going to be traveling through the dimensions like spot does. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I was, wait a minute, that, that can't be right. And I'm sitting there talking to myself, like, that can't be right. That's not yeah. right. Wait, no, no, Marcel, you're wrong. And I swear to God, I sound like an absolute lunatic. And I refuse to look it up on my phone. I wanted to get this right in my head without any confirmation. And I uh-huh. finally did. I was like, wait, Marvel, DC, got it. Okay, that's how you know they're different. Now, one more thing I wanted to tell you 
is uh they changed the the, the Idris to Bloodsport from uh from Deadshot so that Will Smith could return in a future movie. Yes. Uh they that's did. That's why that's why they did. They wanted Will Smith to go, they want to say to hey man, your character's still there. If you want to come back, you can. There you go. And, and all, it, it did say that they that he was going to replace him, but then they changed it on James Gunn, brilliant decision, to make it a new character. So mm-hmm. there you go. Well, did also James Gunn, he, one of his gripes about the first Suicide movie is that everyone makes it, everyone survives. Yeah. Just about, well, just about everyone, just about everyone survives. And um, he's like, read the comics. You, the guy you see in issue one, you may not see in issue three. It's a constant <laughs> rotating. That's the whole point of the Suicide Squad is because they had DC had all these one-off characters that they couldn't license to anyone because no one wanted them. So he they made a comic to kind of like just eliminate these characters or you know disposable characters. So it's like a rotating cast of of shitty characters. So I'm sure we're going to eventually see big wheel or kite man. If they do more of these movies, I mean, it's just, it, you know, probably so, toy, probably even toy man. Cause no one's using toy man. And he can, he actually is a, not a bad character. If he's used right. I mean, he can be pretty frightening if he's used right, but I can see him in the suicide squad. Uh, and a few others, you know? Yeah, you're right. I, and and, and he was, he, he was like, yeah, these people aren't going to make it. And to isolate them to like, to punctuate his point, you know, you we follow this scene, this 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 team that we thought were like the the, the stars of the movie, and like they made a big deal about uh, Keith Davidson being in here, and they that whole team was disposable. The whole point of that team was a distraction, so it was like a fake on the movie in the movie and to the audience. It's like, yeah, you yeah. like these guys? No, none of them are making it. Only two of them are making it out of this group. That that was cool. Watching Nathan Fillion die, that was cool. Yeah. And of oh. these two, we're killing one of them before it's over. It was like I loved, I love when you have. You can always tell when you have a true comic book fan at the helm, because the first guy that did, you know, that did the first Suicide Squad movie was um, what's his name, um, uh, David Ayer. Uh, so you know, he, I mean, he, uh, I mean, he did a good version. He did a good uh, with. Um, he do no. He didn't do Joker. Yeah, he Who? did Joker. David Ayer. I think so. I have to look it up. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if he did Joker, but he did a lot of other movies. Um, but he's just—it's not a comic book guy. So when James Gunn took over, I was—I was more than happy to see him. Joker brings oh, new ground. And- Oops, sorry about that. What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was looking stuff up, but. Did, um, um, Let's see, screenplays, Training Day. Wow, this guy wrote Training Day? Yeah. I expected to. That's weird. Honestly, I expected some black dude to have written Training Day. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. Black man directed it. I know, but I thought I thought it was a black writer and director and star. I thought that that's... I, I had no idea. Nothing good or bad mentioned by that. It's just that I thought a black oh, no. guy wrote Training no, Day. No, no. I get but, it because it yeah. was... It's, it seemed you can always kind of well, not always apparently, but you can yeah. kind of tell when a black character is written by a white person. You're like, I don't know any black people that would say or do this, right? In, in this situation, and, yeah, uh, it was yeah. it was pitch perfect. And I'm like, no, it's got to be a black dude. He uh, let's see, he did uh, he directed uh, yeah, you're right, he directed Suicide Squad, 
He directed Bright, which I haven't gotten the nuts to see yet because it just looks so terrible. Oh, Bright. It looks so terrible. They're making a sequel. It just looks so bad. Bright. I just don't know if I want to watch it. He also did um, uh, Tax Collector, Birds of Prey, Fury, Sabotage, Street Kings, which... Uh, it was okay. Pile of shit. It was okay. Yeah, but House, House is in it, so maybe I'll give it a look. It was all right. I mean, it was it was like, uh, well, he did SWAT, which yeah. wasn't terrible, but it wasn't very good. No, it's not very. It didn't have a lot of. Yeah, it's not memorable. No, it really is not. It's not rewatchable. Put it that way. But when I first saw SWAT, you know, the one with Samuel Jackson, obviously, I was like, this isn't terrible. And I looked at Lear and I was like, but I'll never watch it again. So, yeah. Know. Like, yeah, I'm not a disappointed, but I'll never watch it again. If it's on, I'll just keep turning the channel. I'll never sit down and watch this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand your points about the Suicide Squad, you know. And I'm also looking at an article here that uh, Idris Elba said he didn't want to replace Will Smith's Deadshot. He didn't want to. Mm. He didn't want to replace him. And I don't blame him. It's like I don't want to step on. And I and I Idris is that guy. I really believe that part of his motivation was. I don't want to take a role from another black guy. I think that played a part of it. And you know plus, I mean? how cool will it be to have another kind of like rivalry with a, a future movie if they if they cast him again? Because he said, because James Gunn said, if they make more, you know, he said he, because uh, the DC folks have him have James Gunn for. They said they have plans for him to do more more uh, DC movies, and um, if he you know, they kind of want it. They, they, this is what they want, but he's already going to be directing Guardians 3. They yeah. kind of want him to kind of take the reins. He, they want him to be their foggy, is what they want. It could work. I think he's got the vision. I, oh, it, he it, absolutely has the vision. Yeah, I think he has the vision to make a, a DC universe right. But here's the problem we have Gal Gadot and we have Momoa. Both Gadot is basically done with with Wonder Woman. I think she just doesn't want to be typecast, which to me it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wants to do other things, which I'm fine with. But you'll always be Wonder Woman. Momoa is 43 years old. I don't know how much more he's going to want to play roles like this. You know, the older you get, unlike Dwayne, never not everybody's the Rock. You know, who, who wants to be or Stallone or or, or well, look at look at Batista. He's He's yeah. fifty three. He's he's gonna hang up doing shirtless movies after right. Guardians three. But also Batista's different. Batista has always said he wants to be an actor. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be a movie star, which he could have been. Yeah. He wants to act. He wants to be a character. He wants to uh, uh, cry on screen. He wants to hold kids on screen. He wants to be the guy that can that you go like, oh, I nervous the body, but God, he played this guy. He wants to be like. Um, like uh, what's his face? Um, John Lithgow, where you don't recognize him from from character to character, you know, or Daniel Day Lewis. That's who he strives to be. You know, The Rock strives to be the biggest, strongest guy and just be The Rock in a hat, or The Rock without a shirt on, or or The Rock in Jumanji, or yeah. The Rock in this. You know, he's always The Rock. He's mm. never the character. You know, and that's why he wants to give it up. Now he's fifty. He says he's. I, I don't know how old he is. He one article I saw is fifty one. Another one I saw fifty four. Uh, his age has always fluctuated since he got into wrestling. You know? Well, who? Who? Uh, Batista. Well, he said always. he was fifty. Yeah, he said he. He said he was fifty three on 
Ellen DeGeneres show. I watched an interview with him and he said he was 53 and he's like, I'm kind of, I think I'm in the last, last days of my, you know, shirt off movies. He's like, I want to keep my shirt on for a change. That's why he wants to branch out. And he's going to be in uh, this Christmas, this uh, December, he's going to be in um, the new Dune movie, which fucking yes. looks phenomenal, yeah. which will also be on uh, HBO Max. But I think yeah. I'm going to see that one in the theater. It's just, it's too epic. But I, 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 I liked Suicide Squad, and I think I liked it mainly because I've never, I, in, in all my years of watching movies, you know, we're looking at got 40 years of watching movies minimum. Mm-hmm. I've ne- I've only seen it maybe once where I thought an actor was pitch perfect in their casting. And that was uh, Christopher Reeves as Superman. Oh, yeah. I, th- I felt like that there's never been a role where I could not for the life of me see anyone else ever do this. until And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, he is Superman. For now and forever, Chris Reeves is Superman. Until he was the I, best. He was yeah. the best Superman because he was a good Clark Kent. Right. I mean, he was a d- different person. He even even slumped over, and when he was Superman, he was stood up straight. He yep. really embodied both characters. Yes. Now we've it's just kind of like we've we've seen Superman played by many other people. Right. Some were good Clark Kents. Some were good Superman. Exactly. None of them were both. Right. Christopher like, Reeves was both. It's like Batman. We have yet to find a good Bruce Wayne and a good Batman. I challenge anyone to correct me on that. No one has been able to pull both of them off yet. Now, Kevin Conway, I know he's just the voice, but he does it. He, he, Voice-wise, he's the only one that's come close. You know, mm-hmm. When I hear Batman in my head, I hear Kevin Conway. Now, here's the point I was making. Margot Robbie is pitch perfect as, as uh, Harley Quinn. As Harley Quinn. There is no one that anywhere, not Meryl Streep, is young, no one that could pull this off but her. The, she is Harley Quinn. Now uh, here's and forever. Some, here's pitch a, perfect. Here's the difference a good director or uh there's a difference a good director makes. Not that they not that Ira is bad. He was just bad for that movie. Right. But um here's the difference. And the first one, Harley Quinn's accent is kind of a kind of a Brooklyn, New York accent, oh, an exaggerated one. Yeah. But it it in in the first one it comes and goes. It does ne- it never leaves her. It never leaves the entire movie in this newer version. No, it didn't. She was flawless, man. And that's she to me in my head, she carried the movie. If I had to pick anyone that would that would make me watch this again, it was her. For me, hands down, Idris. He was so fucking cool and funny. Like when he's yelling at Ratcatcher 2, which is another character I had no idea I would give a shit about. When he screamed <laughs> at that rat, I almost pissed myself. My favorite part is when he was shooting King Shark because he almost ate her. And then the rat was thanking him. And she's like, She's like, oh, look, he's handing you a leaf. He's like, why in the fuck would I want a leaf? (laughs) The way he said it, it was just so funny. And at the end where he finally just succumbs to it and pets him. Yeah. Because he's trying to be trying to be a good guy. Yeah. I know he for me, he stole the show. He made the movie for me. I was like, man, I I rarely see movies where I'm like, man, I want to be as cool as that guy. He was so cool in that movie. I just loved it. 
yeah. that's why everyone loves Idris Elba. Idris Elba, I put it this way. I've always thought that as an actor on a scale of one to 10, he's like a seven or an eight. You know, he's not the best. He's not the worst. But he is so cool that you, you're drawn to him because of his cool, his innate coolness. The man could walk into any room with people that don't know him and be like, that's a cool motherfucker that just walked into this room. And you immediately would want to go talk to him. Well, I think, you know, as far as actors go, I'd say, I would say he's a nine or a 10. Really? He, absolutely. Watch Mandela. What he played Mandela. I mean, he doesn't look like Mandela, but he. No, he sure didn't. That threw me was the fact that he didn't look like him at all. Watch kinda, Luther. He was great in Luther. He was a fucking maniac. Yeah, he was good in Luther. I'll give you that. Luther was and, really and, good. And for the first two seasons of The Wire, I didn't know he was British. I thought he was a dude from Baltimore because that's how he sounded and acted. I when when I saw yeah. behind the scenes, I was like, "Oh my god!" I had no idea he wasn't American. I hate the Brits for that, dude, because all those British actors they fool you, man. Like the one that the one that fooled well, the most well, was, Hugh, was Hugh Lowry. He fooled Brian Singer. Brian yeah. Singer actually said these words. He said, "This is why I'm choosing Hugh Lowry because I want more American actors to be in, in on TV." Not realizing Hugh Lowry is as British as they come. Well, the and good one, the good funny. ones, the good ones you don't know. And, you have and, no idea. Yeah. yeah. And it happens so often where you're like, wait, that guy's British? Watch him what in Prometheus. Watch him in that piece of shit movie Prometheus. He I plays like, he plays a spa- yeah, he plays like a space trucker, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fucking ball cap wearing like chew, chaw spitting. And and you believed it. And he sounded and acted like a guy like that would be. He's a he's a he's tops, man. He's a good actor. He's damn good, in my opinion. But I just think his coolness overrides his acting ability. It was the point I was trying to make. Is that I think that he's the type of dude that I think that even if he had no acting chops, would be in Hollywood because people would take a chance on him because he commands attention because he's so cool. Yeah, he 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 definitely you know what has. I mean? uh, yeah, you know he, what I mean. He has all, presence. Yeah, he does. He just. He, like I said, he walks into a room of a hundred people and nobody knows him. They're gonna look and go like, "Who just came into the room? Who is that guy?" They're gonna mm-hmm. now. I walk into a room, nobody even notice, but him, they're gonna notice. They don't know why they're noticing, but they will. He has it, and you know he's not the best looking guy in the world. I know women fall all over, but they're falling over his coolness. You know, not not his not his looks, but his coolness, his demeanor, his attitude. Uh, he's, no, he's a good looking dude he, he is, is but 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 you don't put him in the pantheon of like a young denzel or young brad pitt that's what i'm talking about those guys or y'all or dwayne johnson women have been falling over the rocks since he was 15 years old you know you throw i'm talking about that level of good looking dudes there's a diff, there are levels and he ain't on that level i don't know anybody that is on that level that ain't in hollywood i mean those guys are beyond Everybody, Denzel's face, and Stephanie hates this fact, but I've said it a thousand times. But Denzel is perfectly symmetrical in his face, perfectly symmetrical. He, they they've even done studies on his face as to what how good looking people can be because of how his face is constructed. That's that's another level, man. 
That's that's not normal. <laughs> that's not normal, dude. And and then Brad Pitt, ever since Thelma Louise, man, it's like, wow, you I I would just want to be his wingman. Yeah. I, the, the, the 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 side pussy you could get from him. The, the fall off, the, the pussy shrapnel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That you would get just being in his aura. Oh, it would be tens and elevens that he doesn't want or can't deal with right now. They fall to you. Oh, another thing. Just to, to change shift gears for a minute, instead of sucking uh, Idris's dick. Um, I like that. Um, I like that. Um, Margot. Uh, Margot Robbie's character, you know, Harley Quinn, she had some growth. She did, yeah. When she shot the president, when I thought hook up yeah. with, date with him, she shot him. I was like, yeah, when you said that, I, I gotta kinda, I can't go with that. When you said killing kids, it was a, that was a, that was a red flag. So, <laughs> she said, old me would have ignored that. I can't let that go. That so, was a lot of growth, you're right. That was big time with her character. Yeah. And then she said, when, 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 when I, how did she say that my choice in men is so bad? Yeah, something like that. That this is what she had to kill him. Yeah. Because she liked him. And she knows that if I like a guy, he's got to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Gotta basically. Be. basically. Yeah. Gotta be. So she, she put a bullet in him. And that kind of surprised me because I, I, I did not expect that coming. I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't either. And I I was a little surprised. But I was like, wow, she fucked him and then killed him just because he's a bad guy. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> she was attracted to him, but he can't he can't live. <laughs> no, and she was right. He couldn't live, dude. He just, no. he wanted to kill. He he was talking about women and children being killed, and then he was going to do the same thing. And she's like, nah, sorry, I can't. The only other scene that really, the scene that really bothered me was the burning of the birds. I I I almost oh. shut it off with that one. I was like, that's, dude, I that's how you make a real villain. You, 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 it, yeah, it made you hate him. Oh, made, God, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It was a plot device. Did you recognize the general from that uh, from that vampire movie on um, on FX or Hulu? I think it is. No, uh, the movie you, the show that you told me to watch for two years or eight years that I never watched. Uh, the master, uh, 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 the dude from the um, Ant Man was in it. God damn it! What is his name? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd was in Ant Man, obviously, but the guy who played Yellow Jacket. Oh yeah, what about him? He was in uh, the show that um, that that guy was in um, a TV a series. I can't remember the name of the TV series. God damn it, it's killing me. What was his name? Okay, okay, let me do this. Let me just see. Let's see, man. I can't believe you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm drawing a blank on the you said the general the the guy that okay got him yeah the guy who burnt the birds he was in this other show. Um, that was really that, that I watched finally and thought was really good. Uh, let's see, what was it called? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, let's see, film, no, stage, no, the strain. Oh, the strain, yes. Now, do you remember the guy from the strain? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Okay, I was like, you gotta remember him because he played that big dude with the limp. In the last yeah. few episodes of one of the seasons, running around, that yeah, he was the, he was the old uh, he was the old uh, like the, he was an old gangster in his old heyday. He was a wrestler. Yes, there, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I was like, how do you not remember that guy? I just couldn't remember the name of the series, The Strain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as soon as I saw him, I was like, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, real quick before we go, 
how cool <laughs> was uh John Cena really did a good job, man. <laughs> he was really that's cool for, for a butthole. Any connection? <laughs> he no. is just like the peacemaker in the comics, man. It, the peacemaker was just like that. Just fucking I will, you know, I will kill every man, woman, and child to achieve peace. And did you see in the stinger he survived? Yeah. My thing with John Cena's character is that I hated to admit it to myself, but he was right. That couldn't get out. I, I, and I liken it to this. If you found irrefutable evidence that George Bush, Dick Cheney, and the Bush administration as a whole and some of the higher-ups responsible for the towers coming down, would you release it to the public? Um, I actually would. I wouldn't. <laughs> it would tear this country apart. And it's something that I don't think we need to know. We don't need to know that. It's a, it serves no purpose well, for I'll people you, to I'll, know that. I'll let you in a little secret. A lot of people already believe that. Oh, I know. Yeah, I believe I believe they did too. I've I've always said that from day one. I said that it's this just too convenient. Did. It is just too yeah. convenient. It's too many weird things at right. once, especially the the plane going down right by the you know, after you know, they try to say the plane hit hit the uh, we're not I don't want to turn this into a conspiracy show, but plane was supposed to hit the Pentagon, but there's no plane parts. It's, yeah. it's a missile it was a, blast. It was, a, it was a missile. They shot a missile at the Pentagon. We all know yeah. that. They can't. And then when Tower, when Building 7 came down, which wasn't hit by anything, and that had all the records of, 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 of the Bush administration transactions, they think George Bush and those people stole hundreds of billions of dollars during well, that. But if, if all that's true, and I mean where you can't refute it, Tucker Carlson, nobody can refute it. It is proof positive. I would not let that out. I would do whatever I had to do to keep that quiet. This country would be torn asunder overnight. It would not be a pretty sight. We would not be the United States no more. It's just not worth it. And that, what John Cena was doing, I would not have killed Rick Flagg for that, but I would have done everything short of kill Rick Flagg to keep him from letting that out. That's peacemaker though. He would he would kill every man, woman, and child necessary. I know, and that's why that's why he's a joke. That's why. Well, he said, well, here's a here's a thing. Um, there's going to be a peacemaker miniseries coming out that James yeah. Gunn is directing. I heard about I mean, that because he wrote it when he when they asked him to write suicide, another Suicide Squad movie. COVID hit, so production obviously slowed down to none at all. So when they were in lockdown, uh, he wanted to do something more with. Uh, peacemaker so he wrote a, an eight episode miniseries and he's like i know you guys didn't ask for this but if we do something down the road i'd like to do this and uh and uh it's kind of his redemption story because in the comics he does have a redemption story he ends up joining i had to read about it because i couldn't remember but he joins a group called checkmate uh after he kind of turns around and stops being the peacemaker uh, he joins a group called Checkmate, which is like this anti-terrorist group, and he didn't just kill indiscriminately anymore. But he does have like a small redemption, and that's what this uh, check. That's what this story is going to be. This miniseries that comes out next year going to be. I would love to see him and Batman meet. Oh very, god, it, that would be a very interesting clash of yeah of of opposites, where he'll kill who whomever for justice and peace, and Batman won't kill at all. For yeah. justice and peace, it would be really interesting to see those two clash. I would love to see that, you know. 
Uh, oh, speaking of Batman, I'm not looking forward to any of these Batman with uh, Patterson because I don't like the fact that Patterson thinks that by lift, he says something about lifting weights is like body shaming Batman or something. He's one of those little bitches who thinks that he can lift weights. And, well, and I'm like, Go they can fuck get him. Well, technically, Batman wasn't supposed to be super huge because he's basically a ninja, a street ninja, basically. <laughs> True, but uh, and even in the comics, he wasn't as bulked up as he is in the later comics because, um, you know, they said this movie is year three, mm-hmm. so he's only been Batman like two, two or three years, so that's why he's still wearing combat boots. Is he's just he's like there, but not quite there, yeah. He's so still hopefully, figuring it out, yeah. So hopefully, they'll just stay in that realm where you can forgive his stature. Mm-hmm. But they've already they've there's already talks of bringing after this uh, multi universe thing of making more. They're talking to Affleck again about doing like a uh, old man Batman again, maybe setting up a Batman Beyond even. See, I thought I would, I would I would like to see. See, I thought they were talking to Michael Keaton about the Batman Beyond as the old Bruce Wayne. Oh, they could be, but I know I know they're doing a multiverse. And with all the different Batman, that's why we got Affleck. Uh, I don't think we have Bale, but we have everyone else that's played Batman. I just think Bale was an idiot for turning down the re- to play Batman in these uh, in these new movies. Man, I mean, he should have just kept rolling with it. But yeah, well, he, he did good. He was a good Batman, not a great Bruce Wayne, but he was a great Batman. I thought the, the best Bruce Wayne, and no one can really argue, was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer looked like a billionaire playboy. Everything about him. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, he was Bruce Wayne. That's Who's Bruce the best Wayne. look? Yeah, that's Bruce Wayne. I was like, yeah, this is the guy right here. Yeah. But when he put the suit on, he was terrible. He couldn't emote. He just was. He just didn't do a good job. Michael Keaton did the job. Yeah. When Michael Keaton put the costume on, Mr. Mom became Batman. I'm sorry. I was like, <laughs> I was stunned because that's what I knew him from was Mr. Mom. I was like, wait, Mr. Mob's gonna be Batman? How the hell is this gonna work out? Kinda... That's really that's really dating me, by the way. Yeah, it <laughs> Damn, is. That, that's really dating me. But hello, yeah, Mr. 1984. I, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. All right, folks. Um, I said it was gonna be a shorter show, but of course it wasn't. But I do have I, I do have to I uh, take care of my kid, so I got to go. Um, any last words, Mr. Marcel? Nope. Just tell uh, E. I said, what's up? All right. Um, next week we will talk about. We will get to your your review of what you thought of since we didn't get to touch on it. Uh, we will talk about Black Widow. We will also talk about Free Guy, and we will talk about What If. Yep, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I am going to try and check it out before I go to bed. All right, folks. We will see you next week. All right. Peace out.